Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. It's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate, and I'm joined again by Pam Farrell. So thanks again for joining me, Pam. Oh, I love you. I wish we lived in the same town. We could do coffee like weekly. You are such a go-getter and such a great mom. Nice balance. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I so enjoyed our talk last time. I thought, how can I get more from you? And so I just finished this book that you sent, The 10 Best Decisions Every Parent Can Make, and really loved it, would recommend it to anyone. And I was thinking at the end of it, it's like, I've got to hold on to this and read this through the stages because you talk There we go. Because, you know, I was interested to read the teenage years and some of those things, but it's like, that's not where we're at. So I've got to refresh that later, but such good ideas and just concepts in there. So, I mean, in our 30 minutes, we'll never be able to cover even a (laughs) glimpse of it, you know, how much good stuff's in there. So I would recommend anybody go get it. But I do want to take a few minutes just to ask you, Pam, about this book and see what you can share. I know there's lots of moms that are in my sphere of influence that are going to listen and just be encouraged and challenged by our time. So I'm excited about that. Oh, good. Lots of mommy friends. Yes. Um, And that's, that's what I wanted to do is like really minister to parents, Mm -hmm. um, especially moms. Moms tend to be the book readers of the family and then they grab the gems and share it with their husband uh, or single moms. We actually have a single mom version, 10 best decisions a single mom can make. Uh, So we have a special one for the single moms um, because my co-author, Peggy Sue, is a single mom of seven. So if if you're looking for a a single mom role model, I highly recommend Peggy Sue Wells and her single mom circle. So there's my little shout out of love to all the single mom heroes up in your audience as well. Now for the married moms. Yes, 10 best decisions a parent can make. Um, it goes from cradle to college. So you're right. It is a book you want to keep on your bookshelf. I encourage people to read it all the way through if they can, you know, over the course of maybe a year. So you get the big global picture and the philosophy behind raising your kids, what we call the love wise way, um, you know, where it's grace based. But it's focused and it's goal setting uh, for your kids so they can reach their God-given potential. That's really like the heartbeat of that book is helping kids reach their God-given potential. And I'm on the other side of where you are. I mean, God gave us this uh, idea to begin ministering ready to parents when our son Brock was a baby. And now our son Brock uh, is a he's Arizona football coach of the year a couple of years ago, uh, and he is raising a teenager, our grandkids, one teenager, a tween, and then a budding sports star. So 14, 12, and 10 on that family, and married to a wonderful, amazing woman, and Hannah, and. Um, those kids are all excelling too. They are, I'm seeing them live out their God-given potential. 
And part of the reason why is we pass the baton, you know, a faith and a vision, having vision for your kids, that proactive parenting, we pass it to the next generation and it's working. So it's two generations in, woohoo. Yay, we all want to like learn smarter, not harder, right? Right. I think that's where I was encouraged the most with it was just um, from sitting in counseling now thinking, what am I going to, what are my kids going to be in the counseling office for that I and my husband are creating for them and wanting to eliminate as much of that as possible, knowing we can't completely because we're in a fallen world and we're sinners, but just like hearing the encouraging side of, you know, just like working through some of the sto- the personal stories you share in the story with your son specifically, and just like champion championing them and their unique set of gifts versus trying to make them like their brother or comparing them to another sibling, like just really shepherding and encouraging them. Um, I think that was helpful. So I guess my first question is what led you to write this specific book? You've ri- written lots of books, sex, marriage, men, women, <laughs> different women. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, anything has to do with relationships because our ministry is love wise. We like to say our, we park ourselves on the corner of God's love and God's wisdom. So we like to help people um, with their most vital relationships. And so that's dating, that's marriage, that's parenting, that's grandparenting, and the relationship with God. So men and women. Um, but because of the homes of origin that we came from, we wanted to do something different with our family, with our marriage. I'm the firstborn daughter of an alcoholic dad, severe rage issues, a lot of domestic violence in the home that I grew up in. So that's my side of the equation. Bill's side of the equation. Uh, and my parents divorced when I was uh, 18 and my siblings were teenagers, um, fractured by alcoholism. And um, my husband's side of the equation is his parents um, stayed married, but highly dysfunctional. Like um, Bill, Bill's mom was, uh, was full of rage because she was full of fear because of the home of origin she came from with a lot of violence. And so um, her, her reaction to all of that negativity and violence and brokenness was she just became very controlling. And when things didn't go her way, she became very rage and anger and violent. And so my husband likes to say a plate is worth a thousand words because that plates were flying in his household when he grew up. And his mom didn't know what to do with, you know, stressful situations. And so oftentimes her decision making was very faulted and flawed. For example, my husband was one of the 30% of boys who are bedwetters. And um, so to deal with it, she made my husband Bill sleep in a bathtub for two years of his life. Yeah. So I mean, abusive, because she did not have the skills. And she was broken. And unlike you, Ashley, you were wise enough. And I was desperate enough, let's word it any way you want, like to go get counsel to help people unpack, you know, the negativity and replace it with positive, help people um, in counseling, counselors and life coaches, they help people unpack the unhealthy and replace it with healthy. And that's really what we wanted to do um, in 10 Best Decisions a Parent Can Make book is we wanted to share how God helped us take the negative out and put the positive in. I would say 80% of the book is how to put the positive in, in the different areas of parenting. 
and the different ages and stages of your kids' lives and how to be proactive as a parent, positive as a parent, grace-based as a parent, but like dream big for your kids' lives. Um, don't just be reactive um, and don't just repeat the patterns that were handed to you. Well, and I think it's encouraging again that you're sharing your home of origin for either side was not healthy, encouraging, supportive. And here's where you came from that. Like you said, two generations later, passing this baton that's different. And even as a believer, I can get stuck in, well, this is the way it was always done, or this is what happened to me. And so we're just going to repeat history and the fear of that happening, where it's like, grab a hold of it, recognize that this isn't the way you want it or the way God wants it and make a change. And that's where, you know, it's like, I'm aware of that, but the counseling is like, grieving some of that pain, doing the work of like sorting it out. And then these lies that have been there for 20, 30 years that you've believed and operated out of um, can get you really stuck. And so just hearing your story to say, nope, we didn't repeat generational sin and we got out of that um, and said, let's do it a different way, God's way. Um, and have reaped the benefit, which is encouraging and amazing. And again, why I'm gravitating towards um, what you're writing and how you're sharing this with all of us. So, so appreciative of it. Another question I had for you is of all the 10 best decisions, is there one that opens the door to the others or one that's your favorite? Right. So the kickstart door. Yeah. <laughs> the kickstart decision, the kickstart choice, I would, I would say is decide to decide. Like decide to be proactive, that you are going to make decisions, um, that you are going to be leaning into parenting. You are going to be an everlasting learner. Uh, like I read before Brock was born, I probably read 200 parenting books. Not kidding. Like and I listen to things like Focus on the Family and Family Life Today every morning. Um, now I would be tuning into all the podcasts like yours, Ashley, to gain good information. And so if when you decide to decide, that mm -hmm. means you're not just going to do the patterns that were handed to you. That mm -hmm. means that you are going to reach out for the best and you're going to gather the best. You're going to gather the best experts. You're going to gather the best books. You're going to gather the best blogs to take the best, you know, tune into the best uh, television and radio shows, podcasts, all that. Um, and you're going to decide what's best. And I think that uh, maybe a story might help like illustrate how to be proactive because that's really what happened in our life. Brock was a tiny baby and I was rocking him. And my husband at the time was a youth pastor. And so we were, we were young. We were like 21 to 23-ish, probably, probably close to 23, maybe when this happened. And um, so Brock was a baby. I was rocking him and I began to pray, Lord, there seems to be some kids that seem to soar and succeed at 18 and some kids that seem to stumble and fall. Like, what's the difference? And I began to ponder in my mind um, the lives uh, and the families and the homes. Since you're a realtor, let's build homes, not just houses, right? The homes of the successful kids in our youth group. And at the time, our youth group, there were eight high schools and we had seven valedictorians. So, I mean, it was, we saw what successful homes could do, you know, even though we were a young family. And so um, I began to write down all the leadership traits, all the positive 
you know, skills, the qualities that a young person would need in their life to really soar, um, soar and succeed and like own their life by the time they're 18. I mean, because really that's our job as parents is to work ourselves out of a job. So they own their own life by the time they're 18 and maybe even totally financially own their life by the time they're 21. So, I mean, I read this long list. It's like a hundred things long. So I was a little bit overwhelmed. And I also wrote a letter to Brock that day that was just titled By the Time You're 18. And it was my hopes, my dreams, my prayers for what he and his siblings uh, eventually would be by the time they're 18. I did all that. Bill walked in the door and I showed this long, like it was written on computer paper that folded out. I'm like, look, we're supposed to get in this little life by the time he's 18. Um, this is a little overwhelming. And Bill kind of looked at the list and grabbed a highlighter and uh, actually a couple of highlighters to color a few of them in and said, it seems like there's three main areas though, Pam. Um, we want our kids to be learners. We want them to have a teachable attitude that they can learn whatever life demands of them. And today that is very demanding. Life changes so fast. We've got to have learners. Um, and then we want to have leaders. We want people, um, children that lead rather than follow and that they lead in their own unique way. They don't have to lead like mom and dad lead. They can lead like God designed them to lead. Um, and then love God more than anything else. We want them to love God own their own faith because then they can be connected to their creator and nobody knows our kids better than the creator who made our kids. And so when they tap in and have a strong relationship with the creator, then um, they can soar, succeed, fly, you know, they can become all that, that they were created to be. And um, so we're like, okay, learners, leaders, love God. Um, so we decided that once a year, well, first off, we decided we we're going to create a family compass. And that family compass was three components. One, it was our marriage mission statement or our family mission statement. And um, you can pick up the book and get an example. You can go onto our LoveWise website and there's some blogs about family mission statements uh, or your family compass is what we like to call it. Um, and then we decided, so, and we, and we printed that out. It took us like a year or so to create the mission statement. It's not an overnight thing. We printed it out, framed it, made it pretty right by the front door. So it's there, you know, a touchstone, you see it every day. And the second thing we did is like, that's really long. And so, uh, let's make it shorter and choose a family motto. And our family motto is those who honor God, God honors out of first Samuel 2:30. And again, we framed that, put that, um, with each in each one of our kids' rooms, there's like a trifold uh, frame. The first frame is family motto: "Those who honor God honors." The second is the uh, family crest, um, and that is um, it has a picture of three L's: learn, leader, love God. It has two hearts connected because sparrows keep their promises, especially in relationships. Then it has has a cross with a star. Um, symbolizing that God made us to be connected to him. And when we are connected to him, he reveals our God-given calling, passion in life, and we shine like the stars. And so that was in the second frame uh, is our family uh, moniker or crest. And then the third frame was their name and the meaning of their name and a verse that goes along with it. So that frame, like they grew up with that in, in their um, room. And um, then once a year, 
we um, have a learner leader day. That's when we exchange privileges and responsibilities. We do what we call four sparrow family fun. We connect it to a fun activity because kids love parties, they love fun. Um, and so like, you know, a trip to the beach or maybe an amusement park and during lunch hours when we like, we'll do the learning leader contracts and the contracts a sample is in uh, Tempest decisions a parent can make. And then to make it like Christmas uh, or a birthday, we give them a learner leader gift. And that gift is three things. It's personal. Like I thought of you, kid. I, it's not cookie cutter. Everybody gets the same thing. It is um, like affordable. Uh, so we don't break the family bank. And then it is uh, speaks to the promise or potential uh, of that child. So we look at the future and what God has for that child. And we give a gift that acknowledges it. And each year we choose one trait off the list not like a whole long list because that's overwhelming, just one trait to focus on. And then um, we chose a verse for them that we would pray over them and we put it on a you know um, plaque and it goes up uh, on their front, on the door of their room. And um, then we give them this gift that goes along with um, that verse. And when they, when they start reading, we buy them a Bible and we take them and teach them how to use like Bible hub and find their own verse for them to pray over. And people are, people oftentimes like, that's like a lot of work. That's like homework for parents. <laughs> and I just want to say, if you're pro, you will do the work. You will either do the work proactively, healthy, happy, or you'll do the work on the backside. Like, trauma drama like riding the roller coaster and we encourage you to do the work early and um, because you'll grow you'll like plant a seed you'll grow a good harvest yeah but let me just give you an example so year after year brock was our oldest and so giving him gifts like um like he was great at athletics and he was a leader by by nature he's his first and so his gifts often reflected that so like he might get uh poster of a Christian athlete that had been signed to him, um, or he might get like a lunchbox with an athlete that he admired on it, or he might get a gym bag with a verse on, on it, um, an ID tag that says run in such a way that you might win or excel still more. And so he did that year after year after year, giving him these gifts that reinforce that. Well, he um, went from private Christian school, graduating class of like seven, to a public high school. And um, we we chose that to allow our kids to choose uh, what education they would have in high school, where they would go. And he wanted to be a missionary. He wanted to make the public school a healthier place. And so um, he went in and he went out for the sports teams. And he was made captain of the freshman football team, captain of the uh, JV basketball team, captain of the JV volleyball team. And he came to us. He's like, hey, what if we had a party for each one of these teams? And we had pizza and we like showed like a video of an athlete. And, and I'll share my story of faith and give my friends an opportunity to know God personally, to connect with their creator. So as a result of those pizza parties, his freshman year, over 40 kids came to know God in a personal way. And he's like, mom, 
Your van only holds seven. I can't get 40 people to youth group every week. How about we do something on campus? And I connected him to Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So he and some friends founded Fellowship of Christian Athletes on that campus, which grew to be a couple hundred kids strong by the time he was a senior. The Moms in Prayer group uh, on on our campus. Us moms brought the pizza and the kids led the group uh, each week, the leadership group each week that any kid on campus could come to. And so uh, he graduated. He won a thing called um, Night of the Year, which is given by the faculty. And they gave that scholarship to him um, as standing ovation. We had prayed that the name of God would be named somehow, some way in graduation from the time he was a little baby. And um, it ended up being in his bio. And they, as they read his bio, his heart for Christ uh, came out. And he ended up winning San Diego Citizen of the Year, which came with a scholarship. And it also came with a commendation from our governor. Um, and he ended up with a full ride scholarship to Liberty University, where he met his beautiful bride, Hannah. And um, their love story is written in several of our books as well. Their love story has gone around the world, encouraging people to make wise choices as they date. Um, so all, all that to say, I and mean, you just heard where he is now and as a dad, as a husband, you know, as a community leader, helped plant like three churches, him and Hannah. Um, so he's living out his God-given potential. And that's really what we want is that that story shows all the way from like baby to like an adult, how God can meet you if you're just proactive, if you just lean in and want to make the best decisions for your kid. And all of that, encouraging speak to imagining kids but i guess one question that comes to mind not to be a debbie downer but do you have regrets that come from parenting i'm, I'm sure we all do but maybe encourage some of us that maybe haven't done some of these things you're suggesting or feel like we've made too many mistakes how do we get out from under that you know shame that yeah. we might be carrying i would say um if i had uh any regrets it's like i didn't deal with my own stuff sooner you know, that, um, but God was pretty faithful in making me deal with my stuff. You know, coming from an alcoholic home, a lot of rage builds up inside. In, and I like didn't want that anger to be there, but it would, it would express itself in weird ways. Like one day um, I turn on the TV and it's like, hey, Arthur's teaching on don't let the sun go down on your anger. Then I drive to my kids to school and listen to Focus on the Family. My, um, my now friend, Julie Barnhill, she's going to blow about mommy anger. Um, and then I drive home and I pick up the mail and there's like today's Christian Woman magazine and with a whole spread on parenting anger. And um, then I, I get a, a book off the shelf. It's my friend, Kathy Collard Miller, talking about her dealing with mommy anger. And then my kids come home. I pick up my kids from school. I'm like, okay, time to clean your room, homework. And um, my, we have this rule at our house. We, we built a two-story house. And, um, so the rule was you can't yell. You have to come down and talk, you know. But my kids were like yelling down at me. So I stood at the bottom of the stairs. I'm like, you guys, you know the rule. Go yelling. I'm like, Mommy, I don't think Jesus likes it when you yell at us. I'm like, okay, I get it. 
now that okay i know what my quiet times are going to be i know what i need to get on amazon and order a few books i need to go down to my local bookstore and find some mom danger books i need to work my way through these so that i gain new skills and so i proactively leaned in i'm like god okay i, I know i want to take anger out what how, what do i do put, put back in you know how can i be as a nice mom but yet like a strong mom you know your mom let's get things done at a, a doormat so how can i balance that and he's like um why don't you do what the holy spirit does i'm like what the holy spirit does he's like i whisper to you first and i'm like yeah oh yeah anytime i want to yell at the kids i decided i was going to turn and just hold their little faces and then communicate with a whisper what i wanted done and you know what that was revolutionary in our household for a lot of reasons but our middle son is ADD, ADHD. Like a lot of the parents will be like, isn't it nice that Brock was so easy to raise? Happy for you, throwing confetti. Yeah, you know, you have no idea. You have no idea what I'm dealing with here. Well, I actually do. If you have more than one child, chances are one of them is spirited, strong-willed child. And that was my Zach. And from like the from the get-go, he was busier, like as a little baby, um, Brock would come in the house and he would say, he's doing it again. And that would mean that our little diapered boy was escaping from the yard by like climbing the chain link fans or climbing up the, um, the swing set and then like, jumping and grabbing a tree. I mean, it was craziness. He was so busy, active and talented. Um, so I'm like, Lord, what do I do with this boy? And um, so I learned to channel that ADD, learn to keep him. Here's the deal with very busy boys, and especially um, what you want to do is keep them tired and well fed, much easier to raise. So just wear them out every day. And so that's what we did with Zachary. And he did really well. We did the whole learner leader thing with Zach and he was coming right along till he was about eight. And then he started spiraling down like bad attitude, bad grades, like negative around our house. and. Um, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do with this boy. He's like, his his grades are nose diving and um, he's like grumpy. And he had this habit that when he was angry, he didn't have words to express it. So he just beat up who's ever near. And so I walked in the room and he was beating up his brothers again. And so I said, okay, Zach, you need to go upstairs. Mama needs to talk to you. And so he ran upstairs. He knocked all the pictures off the wall. He slammed the door. He picked up a baseball, put it through the door as I walk in, picked up a, a clay art object, threw it against the door, fell into pieces. And I'm like, Zach, you have got to learn to use words. Because I'm thinking in my mind, no woman's ever going to marry you. You're going to live with me forever. You got to use your words. And so he put his hands on his little hips. He's like, you want words. You want words. I hate myself and I hate my life. And if God made me, I hate him too. And I'm like, ah, just a minute. And I ran downstairs. I prayed, like threw myself across the bed, praying a frantic mommy prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm pastor's wife. I'm a director of women's ministry. Um, I write all these Christian books, but I'm raising this little wild man of an atheist upstairs. I could use some help here. Uh, and God, I know that every child is a treasure. Your word says in Psalms 139 that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. In Jeremiah, it says before Jeremiah was even born, you appointed him a prophet for the nation, so he has a plan and a path. Um, Proverbs 22, 6 says, tramp a child in the way he should go. That means according to their God-given bent, every child has a God-given treasure bent. What is Zach's? I can't see it. Zach's not seeing it. 
And when I said the word treasure, I'm like, oh, that might work. And so I drew up this treasure map and I put like some quarters tape to the treasure chest. I took it upstairs. I'm like, Zach, you are a treasure to the world, I said by faith. And um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell you one thing positive about your day and one thing positive about yourself. We're going to write it on this treasure map at the end of six weeks. Mom's going to, Mom and dad are going to give you X amount of dollars to live out your treasure. What do you think? Total ER. It's hopeless. It will never work. Well, fast forward. Um, he then, he, he, I said, Zach, I can think of one thing good about you uh, and good about your day. He's like, what? And I'm like, you're alive. Meaning I haven't killed you yet, kid. Just kidding. Wouldn't do that. But um, we all felt that, right? And so, but then this miracle started happening. He started bringing the treasure map to me, writing down all the positive things about himself and his day. At the end of that six, six weeks, we found out some things about Zach. Uh, that yeah, we knew he was a great athlete, but he, he also found out that he loved music. That music was kind of like a calming balm to his little ADD soul. And he loved people. Yeah, kind of threw us off track. We beat everybody up. But really, relationship people was the key to unlock Zach's heart and still is. And so from that point on, you know, we we that we gave him um, some baseball equipment and some tickets to a Christian concert and um, that he could take a friend to. And at the end of that baseball season, the all-star coach put his arm around Zach and said, Zach, he's got the best attitude of any kid I've ever coached. And Bill and I wanted to say, you have no idea how far God has brought that child. Um, but that's what God can do. To, so to all the moms out there, all the dads out there, when you don't know what to do, shoot up that request to God. Say, God, I don't know what to do here. And God's the creator. So he can give creative, proactive ideas. Gosh, and I loved hearing that story in the book too. So if you didn't catch it, read the book because a lot of these stories are in there. And it, again, these are real kids, real stories of um, parenting that you walked through. So it's so helpful. I guess just because we're wrapping up our time here, any last words of advice, any other parenting resources you'd want to recommend before we close our time? Sure, sure. Just a quick wrap up of the Zach story. He went on to earn a full ride scholarship to a division one school where he now is on staff as the strength and performance coach. He's married. He did get married one day. He's married to beautiful Kaylee and they have two lovely kids. I just got back from spending time with them and they're living out their potential because they do the same kind of thing. You know, once a year they set goals with their kids and um, they have a, a wall of inspiration that has inspirational sayings uh, on each one of their children's walls and that matches their personality, their uniqueness. So, so you'll keep in mind that uniqueness and, um, and put your energy into discerning um, and then building up and boosting and building the uh, and blessing your kids by applauding that uniqueness. And then I, I think my last word of encouragement would be, hey, team with God, because you're not going to have the answers all the time. Your kids are going to come to places where this is not easy. You know, you might have a prodigal. Zach was a prodigal. I prayed back. Uh, for a couple years in college, that kid kept me on my knees. Um, but wow, the day he called and said, mom, I know I've been running from God, but hey, I just want you to know, I just picked up the two copies of A Purpose Driven Life at the Christian Bookstore, which one, 
was a miracle. He knew where the Christian bookstore was. Two, he paid for two books himself <laughs> instead of wanting me to do it. Uh, and then three, he's like, hey, isn't this, do you know this guy, Rick Warren, that wrote this book? And I'm like, actually, yeah, I am a care friend. How about, would you be willing to, like, you're supposed to have a partner to go through this book. So we're supposed to talk, like, once a day on the phone. Would you be my prayer partner through this journey? And I'm like, he said, do you think you'd have time? And so I'm on the phone, and I'm like, yes, 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 you have a party, happy dance. I'm like, sure, honey, I would have time. Uh, trying not to over-celebrate. Yeah. Um, and so he turned his life around. He chose his own church, not the church that we had said recommended. He chose his own, went out and chose his own church, his own small group. He found his own mentors. I mean, in uh, six months, the guy turned his life around. So my encouragement with that story is moms don't give up. When I asked Zachary, you know, what do you want me to tell parents of strong-willed, hard-to-raise, prodigals, you know, teenagers that are rebellious, what do you want me to tell those parents in those hard places? He said, mom and dad, keep looking for the treasure because there may be times when you're the only one looking for the treasure inside that child. And um, so my, um, my advice is to partner with God because God created your wonderful kids and you just got to outlove them and outlive them and you're going to see some good results. Um, don't give up. Even if your kids are still like, if you have if you're like me in the emptiness, launch them and your adult kids are, are not quite getting their act together yet. Hey, they're still writing their story. Their story yeah. still has more chapters to be written. So hold on to hope, hold on to Jesus, um, team up uh, as and love your spouse. The best gift that you can give is a great marriage. Makes your kids feel secure. And that's the best environment to grow a healthy kid. Thank you so much. What's the best for us to get find more information about you or the books you've written? Right. So I have several books um, about parenting, uh, raising a modern day uh, princess. I wrote with my friend Doreen Hannah, and uh, I disciple the girls. So I have sections on how to pour into uh, young women. She talks about daughters. Um, and then got teens. So if you have teenagers, it goes from and to like 22, that book. And um, then I have the guys are like waffles, girls are like spaghetti for your teenager to read, as well as 10 questions your kids will have about sex, answers to have ready. Yeah, the birds and the bees book. Um, those are resources at lovewise. So love-wise.com or any of the online book distributors um, will also carry most of those Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pam. It was so great talking with you. I just feel like I got lots of wonderful nuggets to just put into my own parenting and marriage as well. So thank you for sharing all of those treasures with all of us. We really appreciate it. I kind of like telling those stories. So thanks for the elbow room and the grace to yeah. tell the stories of God's goodness and how every parent can be proactive and partner with God to get good things in their kids' lives. Thanks for giving the people in your audience the opportunity to build homes inside those beautiful houses that you sell. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Pamela. Have a wonderful Christmas, and I will hope to see thank you again you. soon. God bless you. You too. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend. Subscribe and leave a review. 
Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.